Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendships, fine tobacco, and drink. And today, we're going to be talking about family in terms of couples with an occasional segment slash recurring theme that we're going to do once in a while called the couple that smokes together stays together. I am here with Etienne and Megan Hardray, hosts in Colorado Springs very regularly, owners of Locals Barbershop and Salon. Megan and Etienne, first question off the bat is always, what you smoking? Uh, thanks, Steve. I am smoking today a Fuente Opus X. It's a great stick. Not as heavy as you would think, but very flavorful. Um, nice dark wrapper on this thing. It's delicious. Nice. Meg. I have a nub, and it's the Connecticut, because it's early here in the morning. And uh, it's light. It's great. It's kind of a go-to. A lot of folks say that it's about a 30-minute smoke. Honestly, I feel like it takes me a little bit longer, maybe because yeah. I talk a lot while I'm smoking. But about 45 minutes or so, maybe an hour, if I'm lucky. Great, solid, consistent smoke. And I have a Cohiba, Nicaragua, that I got as part of a package off of Cigar Bid. And so I'm enjoying this one. All right. So when I threw into the secret Facebook group, the idea of the podcast, I threw out there specifically to a few couples that I knew that smoked together. Mm-hmm. This idea of this recurring segment slash show type slash theme of mm-hmm. the couple that smokes together stays together. And Megan, you had chimed in there. Oh my gosh. Holy smokes saved our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Unpack that a little bit more. Tell the story of how you two met and oh <laughs> and really your journey. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we want to take that long, but yeah, we, we've, we've got the time. <laughs> we've been together about 20 years, married for what, 16 and change. We have four boys now. But it wasn't always that we had a lot of community. And I think we started off our marriage on just a rocky, just a rocky foot. You know, we uh, argued and fought quite a bit in a Christian community. I think when you have good community, you can build each other up and be there and be intentional. And I would say, gosh, for the first 10 years, we didn't have that. And um, why was that? That's a great question. I don't know. Did you, I mean, did we know what to look for? I mean, were you raised in a Christian home? Did you have that modeled growing up? I was not raised in a Christian home and he was, but you know, I don't know if we knew what to look for. And I think that's half the battle is knowing who you want in your life too. Yeah. And so really when we moved to Colorado Springs, we knew we needed community because we were moving to a community that we didn't know anyone really. And how long, far along in your marriage were you guys when you guys moved to this area? It was 12 years ago. So mm-hmm. so you guys have been married about four years then at that point? That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So still, it was still rocky. I mean, our oldest son was just, you know, six months old and it was just still a rocky time in our marriage. And so at that point we started praying for community in our life, just solid friendships. We knew we needed solid friendships and really men to show up in ATN's life that would not necessarily be fatherly figures, but people that would hold him accountable and just be intentional in his life. You know, having a father figure, whether they're present or not is important, but 
really to say that as friends and community that are intentional Mm -hmm. is life-changing. We didn't really know that though then. We just knew we needed to start praying for community. So I would say what? It took five years after that to really bring along an invite from Holy Smokes. And this was a handful of guys were meeting at Paul's house in his backyard. And we lived right around the corner at that point. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I said no, because I was in a selfish point in my life where I said, no, you're not going. No, 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 no. And every time you'd get this invite, no, you need to stay home with the kids. At that point, we had another boy or two. We have four boys, but obviously another boy or two. And, uh, so I would say no a lot. And finally he went, I, for some light shine down in heaven and he went. <laughs> so, so l- l- let me ask you this, Etienne, when she was saying no, mm-hmm. obviously from what Megan is saying, you didn't just go, you didn't mm-hmm. just say, no, you didn't put your foot down. I'm the man of the house. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. I need this time. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind during those weeks? Yeah, so I grew up in a broken home without a father, right? And I grew up and ultimately ended up in foster care. I mean, I actually had a really good foster father, but there was a lot of chaos and a lot of brokenness around fatherhood and men in general. But that meant that as I began the process of being a husband and then the process of being a father myself, I did it largely without any leadership, Mm. without any example, and... If God himself had not stepped in, I would have been very, very lost and very broken. But praise God that he does step in and fill those gaps. But still, with the two of us trying to navigate these things and me without an example of what it means to be a father and a husband, I was very rudderless, I guess, for a better word. It Mm. was hard. I was thrashing around and trying to figure things out as I went, right? You know, sort of making a lot of mistakes, oftentimes putting my foot down when I should not put my foot down and not putting my foot down when I ought to, and just kind of haltingly working my way through youth, right? Being a young father and a young husband. And we searched for mentors. We searched for men. We prayed heavily. The two of us both did in our better moments for guidance, for mentors, but for both of us, men and women that we could respect and look up to. And when I got connected to the guys who had invited me to Holy Smokes, we had no context. I did not smoke cigars. Neither of us did. Really? Neither of us smoked at all. And we heard about this cigar smoking group of great men. But the cigars were no draw at that point. The idea that there might be good men was a draw. But that put us on the fence. Interesting. You know what I mean? That put us on the fence. You know, it was not like, oh, yes, you know, this is something you ought to do. What year did those invites come in? That had been about 2015, 2014. Before we bought locals, what in two thousand thirteen? Two thousand thirteen. Okay, so you and I worked together at Family Talk. That's right. That's where you and I got to know each other right. with Doctor Dobson's ministry, Family Talk. Mm-hmm. And so during that season, from what I saw, you guys looked like you had it together. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys looked like just a good couple to hang out with. And I remember like the Family Talk Christmas party mm-hmm. over at the Flying W Ranch, sitting mm-hmm. next to you guys mm-hmm. and meeting you, Megan, for the first yeah. time, and being like. Hey, this is a couple we could totally hang out with. Yeah, but interestingly enough, after that Christmas party, you know, I had, I think it was Phineas with us. 
That was a hard night. I remember it clearly. You know, here I am nursing my son still. We had to pull over on the side of the road. I'm crying. I'm depressed. It was a rough time in our life, in our marriage. And I don't know that we had a solid group of people to speak to about it. It was lonely. It was Mm. really lonely. And interestingly enough, here I was saying, no, no, no. I need you to spend time with me. And here we were praying Mm -hmm. for a solid group of people to show up, right? Yeah. And these invites come in for holy smokes. And I'm saying no. And so sometimes when we think what's showing up for us isn't what we want, right? What, cigar smokers, you're gonna go hang out with all these guys and smoke cigars? That was actually what we needed in our life most was that community. And so sometimes it disguises itself as something else. And really, that was the best decision ever for him to go. So your first time you show up at Holy Smokes, Mm. 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Tell me about those first few times that you went. And Well, there weren't a lot of people involved then. The group that showed up at Paul's place in his backyard was small. But as soon as I met these guys, one of the things that I committed to doing was I'm not a halfway kind of guy. I'm not a half. I don't do anything halfway. And really? So, yeah, really? <laughs> not surprising to those people who know me, but I was all in. Right. And so I was one of the first guys there and I was one of the last guys to leave. And I would sit and as the group would, it's not very structured. And so people would show up when they could and they would leave when they could or they needed to. And the conversations would just go. And the deeper into the night that we got, the better the conversations got. True. And those were some of the times when I met some of the coolest people. I met uh, Max Hatfield in that time and his wife. Karen and was able honestly to sit around with just Paul and me and Max many nights late into the night, just hearing their stories of ministry, hearing their stories of their families and begin to be, you know, if you just show up, sometimes you just deepen a relationship just by being there and listening. And that's what I did really well. I sat and listened a lot because that's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for people who could give me some guidance. And the best way to get that is not really to ask for guidance. It's really to just listen to how people live their lives and emulate the good parts and learn from the bad parts. And that's what mentors do. That's the best kind of mentoring. It's not a script. It's not answers to specific questions all the time. Sometimes it's just, you're a good person. How do I live my life like you? Yeah. And so that's what I got to do. I got to go early. And so I would help Paul set up and I got to stay late. So I would help him clean up and I would have those precious conversations that other people would miss. And so it deepened the relationship a lot faster. Of course, I started being kind of the odd guy out because I didn't smoke cigars at all. And I barely drank too. And so since it revolves around eating and drinking and fellowshipping with the smoke, I was kind of on the fringe. I was learning the whole process. And so I picked up a pipe first and began to be the token pipe smoker. And sure enough, a bunch of guys cracked open their old pipes. And so then we had this contingent of pipe smokers early on. And then over time, I think it was after I went to the first uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival, that's when I really picked up cigars because get the huge sampler pack. And at that point I was able to explore enough of the different blends that, um, start to figure out what you like. Yeah. Just fell in love with it. So that's kind of how it started. So Megan, what were you seeing in Etienne during those first few months at Holy Smokes? 
So one thing about my husband is that when he sets his mind to something, it's pretty much going to happen. And I finally learned that recently. (laughs) 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 Just it's got to happen. And I guess that's part of marrying an entrepreneur, right? And so what I saw was he was willing to put his foot down for this. And I think if he would have wavered more, I think I would have being the strong personality that I am, tried to convince him to help with the chaos at home or, you know, whatever it is, which I get it, you know, it's hard at the end of the day when you've been with kids all day long, I get it. It's easy for as a wife to say, hey, I need you to stay longer. But I was seeing him grow. I was seeing him excited about these relationships. I was seeing... Were you seeing the fruit in his life from those relationships? Yeah. and and Maturation and... Yes. And if he's wanting to be there so badly, what's going on? Like, you want to do this so badly that you're willing to get in an argument about it because you want to go. What is that? And he was coming home lifted up. He'd come home feeling positive. The next day, he'd go about his day differently because he had, now I know, these solid conversations with these men who were all building each other up. That's huge. Men need Mm -hmm. to build men up. There's something priceless about that. And it's interesting that you as a wife see that now. Yeah, absolutely. Explain to wives the important wives that are listening, the importance of that. Yeah. You know, at first it was, well, if I can't beat him, I'm going to join him. Right. Cause <laughs> it's like, well, gosh, this sounds like fun. I want to go. And I really wanted to see what it was about. And I, I don't know that I started going to the weekly meetings at first, but I know we ended up going to the Rocky mountain cigar festival. And a lot of the wives were there, which was super special. And I have made some incredible friendships with these women. So I totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) Well, that's where we first started to connect with everybody was I was going to the main weekly meetings on a regular basis and I was meeting with all these guys. And when we had the opportunity to all go up as a group to Broomfield and we all stayed two nights, three days. And it wasn't just the cigar festival in the afternoon. It was the breakfast and it was the dinners and it was the organizing everything around that and spending a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. That's when Megan met everybody and the wives were there. And so it becomes more of a group event and less of just a guy's gathering on the weekend. And she began to see who these men that I had talked so much about were and how they acted, what their wives were like. And we got to have some deep conversations and that's really kind of where it kicked off. And I would say it's typically, there's not very many women that show up to the weekly groups. I might be the only one sometimes, or I'm the only one because I'm hosting it along with ATN. But what I can say is that it changed his life because of men being intentional with men. That's huge. I cannot say that enough. They're gathered around smoking a cigar for two hours, hour, two hours, right? You're kind of stuck there with this group of guys and the conversation goes deep. Why does it go deep? I don't know, but quite possibly because they're holding something, they're forced in that conversation to be there and these men want to share. They really do. And it's happened all over the U.S., all over the world. We see Mm -hmm. it growing and growing and growing. And so when my husband comes home feeling lifted up and encouraged, because as wives, we can do that. But I think there's another part to it, too. I think men have to feel valued amongst each other as well. They have to feel like they have something to offer. And that's huge. That's important for our marriage. And so to kind of answer your question from earlier, we went through a crazy time in our marriage 
gosh, it had to have been 2016, I had gone through a really tough time with my dad to the point of where I just wanted to leave. I loved my family. I loved my husband, but I was just depressed and I was getting a lot of negative words from my dad. I think he, at that point, was very passive aggressive. And I just kept reading my Bible and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm so depressed. And obviously, instead of running, because that's not what the right thing to do is, we reached out to our Holy Smokes community and a few mentor friends of ours, whom we've traveled the world with a handful of times. Hey, can we go to lunch together? Can we do this? And just reaching out, both of them, the husband and the wife. And there were many nights when they would meet with us and pray for us and they would meet with ATN and I would talk with the wives. Those people showed up for us. Mm. And Mm. that is the beauty of Holy Smokes. And I've seen it multiple times, not just in marriages, but in business openings. You know, when somebody opens a business, people are there. When somebody needs financial support, they're there. When moving, moving, oh my goodness, we moved and everybody showed up. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. When you're doing life, you're not supposed to do it alone. You're supposed to do it with community. Well, and you can't just call those people up, right? It's yeah. it's the investment that you make in them over time that when you need them, they are there. Exactly. Right? It's not like if you're a young couple and you hit a rocky place in your marriage, you hit a rocky place in your life, you hit a rocky place in your business, you lose your direction. Who do you call? That's a great question. We always feel like when we need it, we wish we would have spent the time building a network that would support us. That's what we have to do as young people, as young parents, as young Christians specifically. You have to know, just know, that though the present might look rosy, the future is going to have trouble. We will have trouble. Mm -hmm. We will hit a time when the honeymoon wears off. We will hit a time when our kids are driving us crazy. We will hit a time when business fails and our money fails and our families fail. And at that point, what do you have to lean on? If you have not spent the time building that network, you don't have anyone to call. And that was the beautiful thing about Holy Smokes. God brought it along just at the right time. And though I had spent the time building these relationships through the weekly meetings somewhat on my own, because Megan had gotten involved in it later on, And we had spent the time together building these relationships. When the time came that we needed help, there were people to call. Right. And we only expect to return the favor. I think that's the best part too, right? When you join Holy Smokes to promote your business or to just, you know, make it about you, it's not going to work out. No, it's just not. Yeah. I see financial advisors and MLMers come in, come and go. They come in, they realize, oh, it's not really a networking group. It's a, and, and the ones that stick around, and develop those relationships, yeah, they see some fruit in yep. their business. They do. They, they do. Mm-hmm. But it is exactly that. It's a friendship movement. Yep. And yeah, because people are authentic. And when you're not there to be authentic, you're there to promote yourself, you might as well find the exit because it's just not going to work out. Yeah. And yeah. so that's been a blessing too, is for us to give back, you know, through hosting, through having people from other stay at our house because we have the space and it's just been a <laughs> gift, you know, that's the real gift is to develop these friendships. And so, yeah, if I can just encourage any wives out there to really spend time investigating this and really figuring out, A, does this work for your time in your marriage? You know, I mean, not everybody has time for it to spend the time weekly and that's okay. But I found I wasted a lot of time saying no 
when really that's what God was delivering right there was an answer to prayer <laughs> when it was yeah. needed most. And so investigate it. If he wants to go hang out with these cigar guys, you won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. And join well, them. And it started, <laughs> yeah, it started with a, every man needs to have his questions answered by other men, right? Every man needs to know that he has what it takes. Every man needs to know that he's loved. Every man needs to know that he's respected. These are true of all men, right? And in this community, that's what I found. And because mm. I found mm. the answers to those questions, yeah. it allowed me to be a better husband, a better father, a better man in Absolutely. my family, in my business, in everything else that I tried to do. My wife then saw that fruit and joined me in first in helping me to get those questions answered for myself. And then later on in us doing it together, in us seeking those answers together and in us giving those answers to other people. And really what it helped us to do was to get a focus for our marriage. Now it's something that we can do together. You know, the cigars alone became an opportunity for us to connect with one another and the Holy Smokes gatherings and the community that spun off from that have spawned friendships and opportunities for us to do good work together. Something it's no longer about what I do or what she does, but we minister to people together. We enjoy friendships together. We travel with people together. We talk about what's happening in the group together and we know all these people and yeah. that draws us closer together in our relationship That's a good because point. it's a common focus. It's a common yeah. work, you know, many people, many men especially have their work and then their wives are just stuck at home with the kids, you know, in a support role. But the reality is what this has become for us is it's a common work. We both do it together. And that I think is precious. Well, going back to when you guys started to incorporate some of the other couples and seek out counseling and seek them out for friendship, yeah. I would see on Facebook, you guys post on a Friday night, mm -hmm. you're out with Paul and Mary, yep. you're out with Steve yeah. and Nellie, mm -hmm. you're out yeah. with Max, Max and Karen. And, Karen. Mm -hmm. and for me, seeing that, I was like, so my wife and I, we started doing regular date nights probably about a year ago. Yes. And we That's started huge. to, just because I finally just put my foot down, it's like, I need time with just you again. And so we started doing that. And one of the things we started doing is once a month, we'll incorporate another couple and we'll invite them. And mm -hmm. now I'm starting to kind of look through Holy Smokes and be like, okay, who are the couples I really want to get to know? Like, I'm going to reach out to Steve and Nelly, and yep. I'm going to say, hey, come on, let's go out. That's right. In part because Steve's a client and I helped produce the Exploration Films podcast. By the sure. way, go to Apple Podcasts and find Exploration Films podcast. Steve is just an amazing, amazing dude. Nelly's, mm -hmm. Nelly's fantastic. Yep. Priceless, priceless people. And so seeing that example has opened up an additional channel for my wife and I to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Yep. And you know, we're entrepreneurs. I own a business. We own businesses together. This is an ongoing thing. And I think that's also an important key is when you're constantly working and we homeschool part time, you know, it's busy. Life is busy. But you hit the nail on the head when you said you made date nights intentional. And whether that's around cigars or not, how are you being intentional in your marriage, making date nights key and important and intentional? Yeah. Huge. That also changed our marriage. Now, ours 
surround cigars because on a Friday Always. night, we're usually at, you know, or I'll, either I'll post down at Cobalt Club, Cobalt Club or hey, Rendezvous, <laughs> you know, Action all those. Oak. Yeah. You know, it, that's been huge. And we meet a lot of people out in the community too. And interest in cigars, they're growing in popularity even more so now. And so it's getting people excited about it. And I think it's cool that other couples are starting to smoke together as well. Well, and my favorite part about it is that whenever you go into a cigar club and you bring your wife with you and she uncorks a cigar... And she lights up. Every man in the room, his head swivels and his eyes are fixed. And he eventually comes over and says, you're a lucky guy. Because oh, it's, it's, you know, sometimes cigars divide men. And in fact, it was early on in Holy Smokes, almost a saying that two things don't happen in the same day. <laughs> Cigar smoking, and I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Bada bing. Exactly. Um, Because many men smoked cigars, not at the blessing of their wife, not with their wife, but quite against her will. And she, just relaying some of the stories I've had a chance to talk to other men about, she sort of endured this vice of her husband, this thing that he needed to go and do because it was his hobby it was his vice it was his way to get away it's kind of like a guy going and watching football in the man cave right okay well i hate watching football but i guess he can have his one time of the week where he can go do his thing right that that seemed to be very divisive between husband and wife and what we have built is quite the opposite and most men that i have seen are jealous of that And I mean that not in a negative way. I mean that they are jealous for the time that I get to spend with my wife enjoying something that we both enjoy together. And he is sitting there alone without his wife, kind of dreading the time when he's going to have to go home and strip his clothes in the garage and sneak in the back door. Can I I add something on that too that's a little bit important? I think, you know, these brothers that I smoke with a lot, if I can just encourage the ladies... You know, these men are incredible men that you were married to. And I just want to say when you're asking them to come home, strip down in the garage, put their clothes in the washer, take a shower before they get into bed. I mean, I get it, but the shaming, that's sad. And it's a little bit heartbreaking because you know what? They love you. They love you. But the fact that what they're doing and they en- they're enjoying that and time with their other brothers out there. And then they have to come home and do all these things simply to go lay next to you. It's sad. And so I just encourage you to maybe not have them do that and figure out a different way to come about that because Mm -hmm. it's slightly heartbreaking to hear that they have to go through all of those steps late at night coming in just to be welcomed at home. Well, it didn't take long for Elizabeth to move from that stripping, showering, brushing my teeth a couple (laughs) times, three times sometimes (laughs) to just being okay with me just coming home. And it came out of understanding just seeing the fruit in my life. Yep. And she would eventually get to the point where because of her health issues, she still doesn't like to be around the cigar smoke because because it aggravates her lung and heart issues. But yeah, that's a little different, but at the same time, 
she sees the fruit of what this time means and what these conversations do and the kind of husband that I am when I get home. Absolutely. And the kind of husband I am in the days following. Mm -hmm. It's to the point where she will actually kick me out of the house if I haven't been there in a while and be like, you need some guy time. Shut the computer down. This can wait for tomorrow. Go to Holy Smokes. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yes. That's great. So Megan, you mentioned multiple businesses. You guys are entrepreneurs. You have Locals Barbershop and salon here in Colorado Springs. By the way, if you were ever in Colorado Springs or you live in the area, go to Locals. It's an amazing place. (laughs) Talk a little bit about Locals and then talk about your photography business and whatever else you guys have going on. Yeah. So yeah, obviously Locals and that's a whole nother story in itself. ATN can share, but I have done wedding and family photography for about 15 years and that's been great. And also... ATN kind of put together this cigar chic pink humidor on the side. That's kind of a fun story. <laughs> when I started smoking cigars, I would always steal his and not much has changed. I tried to snag one this morning, a Patron 1964, and it was gone for some reason. I really <laughs> wanted to smoke that cigar. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I kept stealing them out of, out of his humidor. And so I said, hey, for Christmas, could you please buy me a pink humidor. I think that would be great. And I needed that because I'm criminally bad at buying my wife presents. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little pro tip. So I said, Hey, could you do this? This would be great. I would just love one because I mean, the black ones are great orange, but there's not much else out there. So being the crafty, quick guy that he is, he put together a pink humidor. Well, first I looked for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they did not exist. Right. True. So I could not buy my wife this present that she had just laid on a silver platter for me to buy for her. And so here I was with a challenge. (laughs) I know what she wants, but I can't get it for her. And wanting her to get more involved in the community of cigar smoking and and in this community we're developing, it's important to support that, right? It's Mm -hmm. important to buy each other little gifts. It's important to get the right tools for it all. So yeah, so I called China and said, hey, can you guys make a pink one? And they said, sure. And so because I don't do anything halfway, unfortunately... (laughs) I said, can you, you? send me a thousand of them? And <laughs> nice. uh, I think I'm hearing a theme. <laughs> and so we did, and we started selling them on Amazon. She got the first one that came off the boat, and that was uh, that's how we started that business. So they can go to Amazon and look for what? Chic Cigar is the name of it. It's the only pink cigar human or How do you spell existence. chic? C-H-I-C. C-H-I-C. I see. Yep. yep. And it's great. Now it. I have uh, 2000 mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. of my own. No, I'm <laughs> no, I, uh, it's great though. So we do that. Locals. The story of locals is integrally related to Holy smokes because we talked a little bit about the difficult time that we were going through when we joined the group and it was very difficult. It was not just relationally difficult, but you know, most of your relationship problems stem from something else underneath. And this one was, I had a lack of purpose. I was wondering, what does God want me to do with my life? I had just recently left a CFO position with a cool company that was doing good work overseas. And then I was in this gap period when I did not know what God had left for me in my life. What was next? And I went through this deep period and, and the minute the men of Holy smokes helped me wrestle through what does God want me to do with my life? And that was super important for me. Mm. I cannot possibly describe how impactful these men were in my life because as a young man and oftentimes at Holy smokes, I was the youngest by a long shot. 
almost all of these men were older. Almost all of them were established or at the end or beyond their careers or in second careers. Most of these guys had long histories, married for years and years. And I was the age of most of their children, actually. And um, so I was the youngest guy by a long shot. The coolest thing for me was to be able to be in that group as a young guy just soaking up the wisdom. Mm-hmm. But they made time for me through that time. When, when I was sitting down, starting a cigar, they would ask me, hey, how's it going? And I would be honest and transparent. Man, I'm struggling. Man, I don't know what God has planned for my life. I don't know what to do next. I'm searching. I was unemployed, self-employed kind of. I was doing accounting work on the side just sort of really wrestling with God and saying, Lord, you must have something else in mind for me. And they stopped and prayed for me. They encouraged me. They gave me ideas. They pointed me in certain directions. And ultimately through that process, God led me on a journey of self-discovery that culminated in this opportunity to buy Locals Barbershop and Salon, which at the time was not doing well. It was struggling but it was an opportunity and it met all of the things that God had worked out in my life that were my strengths and the things that I needed in something to do, something to focus on, something to work hard at. And when that opportunity presented itself, the first men that I called were the men from Holy Smokes. Mm. And they loved me in a way I have never been loved before. Literally never, my own father did not love me in the way that these men loved me in this moment, right? What you need at that moment is you need men who will support you. You need men who will invest in you. You need men who will tell you, you can do this. Go for it. And that's what I got from the Holy Smokes. In fact, the very first person to write a check and say, I'll help you buy this barbershop was a Holy Smokes guy. It was mm. Paul, Paul Philetus. And I sat down prepared to get my usual spiel. I've been doing mergers and acquisitions my entire career. And so I knew how to present the whole financial prospectus, the whole business plan. This is going to be a good investment. This is what I'm going to do with it. And he really took a step back and said, he didn't even open it. I handed him a printout of it and he didn't even open it. He listened to me tell my story as we smoked a cigar together in his backyard. And then he just said to me, I know what kind of man you are. I'm investing in you. I'm not Ooh. investing in the business Ooh. and wrote me a check. Oh, and that meant more to me. It wasn't enough money to buy the whole thing. Yeah, it was just a small check, but it meant infinitely more than that. It meant a seal of approval. It meant a stamp that your character is good, that you can do this, that I'll trust you with my money to do something for yourself, for the community. And that gave me the courage to pursue the rest of it and ultimately closed the deal, and uh, the rest is history. We've owned it for six years now and tripled it in size, and it has just done phenomenally well. It's given us a way to invest in the community. It's given us a way to invest in the employees, and a lot of those guys in the early days when I first acquired it showed up. They showed up as customers. They showed up to just pray over the place. They showed up just to see me there. And to say, hey, I just wanted to see what you're working on. Yeah. And those guys would just show up all kinds of times during the day. They would send me texts and just say, hey, are you down at the shop? And that meant so much. As a young entrepreneur, it's hard. Like, it is a hard 
mountain to climb, to take a business that was failing, to take other people's money and to deal with it well and to not lose it all, to work hard, to balance your family. And those men showed up around me and told me I had what it took and encouraged me and supported me all the way through that process. So without them, it never would have happened. The key is you were honest in the beginning where you were and you were asking questions and you were seeking advice and you were inviting them to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. I think so often we as men, we just have, the, I've got it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm fine. On the inside, we're dying. Yeah, we're screaming. So describe locals. When people walk into locals, what can they expect? What are they going to feel? What are they going to get? Yeah. Obviously a haircut, but what else? Yeah, locals, we say we don't sell haircuts, actually. Um, we say that we, we give people confidence. We learned a long time ago, early on in the process, a lot from just observing people, but also from the feedback that we got from our good mentors, was that men and women, uh, they get a haircut or they have a particular look or they wear particular clothing because they like the way they feel. Yeah. And at locals, we learned that that feeling is really what people come back for. When you stop feeling good about yourself, you lose confidence and you lose confidence in your marriage and you lose confidence at work and you lose confidence to stand up on stage and talk to people and you lose confidence even to just go ask that girl out. So all men and all women from all kinds of walks of life need that confidence. And one of the ways to give them confidence is to give them a haircut. Another, there's a lot of other ways to give people confidence though. You can encourage them. You listen to them. You can give them a free beer, which is one of the things we do at locals. Or wine. Or wine. Or coffee. Or coffee. And so we had began designing the whole barbering and salon experience around this idea of giving people confidence. Everything from the way we design the look and feel of it, to the music that we play in there, to the way the front desk greets people, to the way that the barber works with them or the stylist works with them. It's all designed around giving people confidence. So Locals Barbershop and Salon ended up becoming this confidence builder for the community. And we see it as our integral place in the community to give the community confidence. It's one of the very best places to do it. It's a crossroads, a lot like Holy Smokes in that regard, actually. Barbering is one of those old, ancient communities, much like the cigar and pipe smoking communities, that deals around intentionality, deals around making people confident, deals around building people up. And so that's what we designed that whole space for. If locals were to disappear today, we think the community would suffer because it would have to find its confidence from somewhere else. And so that's a banner that we hold high every day. That's what we do. It's a beautiful space now. It's grown well. God has blessed it. And we just keep pushing on that. It's kind of a ministry in that regard. The barbers and the stylists are not always the most confident people themselves, to be perfectly honest. And we've had some really cool people come and sit down in the chairs and give our barbers and our stylists confidence. They'll tell us stories that they've heard from people. And we'll say, did you know what they're going through in their life? You just encourage them in a way that you couldn't imagine. We had one story really quick to share. One of the guys from Holy Smokes, his name was Vance Patterson. Great guy. I hope you have him Vance. on the yes, podcast. Yes, we will be at some point. Great guy. longtime young life guy. Mm-hmm. Has been doing ministry all over the world. Just absolutely a sweet guy. He was sitting down in one of our barber's chairs. And the barber had been having one of the worst days of his life. He showed up to work late because he'd been fighting with his landlord. He just moved into this new place. He didn't make a ton of money. 
and had a young wife and a young kid and the landlord demanded some extra money. They said, oh, you owe us for the partial month that you moved in and you owe us today. And it was 80 bucks or something like that. But for him, it was a lot of money. It was something that he had asked them ahead of time. Am I going to need to pay this? When am I going to need to pay this? And he had sort of planned his his finances around it. Yeah, Yeah, his budget around it. And had not planned for this extra 80 bucks. So he's lamenting to another barber who's actually next to him just about the morning that he'd had and, and the difficulty that he'd had. And Vance sits in his chair and just listens and then begins to talk to him and just says, you know, I know how you feel. I know that must be difficult. I know that must be a struggle. You know, I've been there before and encouraged him. And when Vance left, I hope Vance doesn't mind if I share this story. When Vance left, he left him an $80 tip. tip. It was exactly the amount that he needed. And it was so impactful in that barber's life that he texted me immediately after he left and said, I know this guy's a friend of yours. Can I send him a thank you card? Do you have his address? Will you forward it to him for me, please? Yeah. He was so moved by that generous gift. Yeah. Because not only because it was money and it was a big tip, but because it was exactly the amount that he had struggled over. It was exactly the amount that had thrown his whole day off, probably his whole month off. And um, Vance had an opportunity to just step in and make a difference in this guy's life. And that's what the community has done. Yeah. Over and over. That's just one of the stories. But it's absolutely amazing. And he started attending church later on, too. That barber started attending church and just, I mean, it's a ripple effect. It really is in small ways. So showing up to other businesses and making an impact on employees. I think our community isn't one to do it. But you hear stories of people on a Sunday afternoon after church and they drop one of those million yes. dollar bills with the little scripture on it yes, and talk about, exactly you know, salvation. About. You're looking yeah. for tracks. Yeah. And so, but he didn't do that. He, no. he didn't write a little platitude no. saying, hey, God's going to, I'll pray God's, for you. I'll pray for you. Good luck. <laughs> no, he, he actually was the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment to, to that barber. Yep. And I know most of our community is not like that. And most of our community is exactly what Vance did. They show up. And so, yeah, that's an incredible story. So, Megan and ATN, thanks for being on. We're going to close you. this out with rapid fire questions. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Please consider becoming a regular supporter at patreon.com slash holy smokes. And there you can get some great bonuses like these podcast episodes early, like as soon as my team is done putting them together, podcast version without these very ad reads, a Holy Smokes t-shirt, and more. That link is in the show notes, patreon.com slash holy smokes. And if you just want to make a one-time year-end tax-deductible donation, you can go to paypal.me slash holy smokes club. Again, that's paypal.me slash holy smokes club. If you're driving, those links are in the show notes for all these episodes. Just tell Siri, hey Siri, set up a reminder to make a donation to Holy Smokes tomorrow morning. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, guest ideas, feedback, etc., please hit me up in the secret Facebook group. And if you're not a member of our secret Facebook group, reach out to us through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Holy Smokes Club. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. I'm Steve Ryder saying do good. Be awesome. Rapid fire. Fire. All right. Which do you prefer, cigars or pipe? You started with pipe, ATN. What do you prefer now? I did. I prefer cigars now.
they're quicker and easier to use. So I can light a cigar. A pipe needs to be tended better. Megan. Cigar. All right. Best dollar for dollar cigar you've ever smoked. Mm, for me, that would be the Ramon Bueso Genesis. The project is probably the most underrated stick right now. And I can pick them up for three to $4 on a good online site. The ones I steal out of my husband's humidor. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel or DC? Yes. I have four boys. Yes. <laughs> not, not, not a choice. How about you? I'm a Marvel guy all the way through. I love Marvel. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, that's so hard. I'm embarrassed. I'm a Trekkie. Star Wars. <laughs> All right. House divided. Toilet paper. Over or under? Doesn't matter. Over. Without a doubt. Over. All right. My wife trained me. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite liquid pairing with your smoke? It's always got to be a bourbon, a scotch, Irish whiskey. Can't be anything else. Although I am drinking coffee right now. Yeah, double answer. Depending on time of day, coffee, black, or I am a huge fan of Woodford Double Oaked. All right. Your favorite splurge cigar. You're celebrating. What's one that you that is a go-to that is like, oh yeah, this is worth dropping the money on? Actually, this Opus X is a really great stick, but I would say... The one that I did splurge on, I bought a box of Padron 1964 Anniversary Editions, and my wife laments the fact that I just smoked the last one, but so that good. was the biggest splurge I ever did, and it was totally worth it. How much were the cigars a piece, do you estimate? Well, let's see. It was a box of 22 or 24, I can't remember, and it was just under $200. Okay. So I actually got a really good deal on it on an auction, but yeah, they're probably $14 sticks, $15 sticks. Yeah, those are phenomenal. I like the My Father. The line is phenomenal, but cool. I like to steal his Padron 1964s a lot. Make it an ATN. Thanks for being on the Holy Smokes podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>